There won't be a watch the crack this week. It's a what the fuck. What have I just come away from seeing? What needs to happen for us as Manchester United fans to sit down and be able to enjoy a match without it ending in absolute disaster? That was gotten absolutely heartbreaking. We actually didn't play bad. We played well in large spells, but we're just victims of individual mistakes every time. It's so disheartening to watch. You just, oh my god! Like, let's let's break it down here. Hoyland should have had the biggest night of his Manchester United career, but now it's overshadowed by the nonsense and the muck he has to put up with some of his teammates. It finally clicked. Rashford got away. Ball bouncing, you're expecting something to happen. The decision making was right. He bangs in, Hoyland puts in the back of the net. It was a brilliant goal for those two. It could have been the catalyst for something really special on that night. And what is it going to become now? It's going to become overshadowed by Galatasaray. I think, did the commentator say that that's the first time they have won in something like 10 years against the English side away from home in the Champions League? Just something ridiculous. Another embarrassing record break for Manchester United at Old Trafford. Just, what else can you say about that? Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Really, really was. The first goal was brilliant. It really set the tone. I thought, this is going to be a good night. That was good football. You know, it started on the front foot. We've started quick. We're dispelling some of the criticisms that have been lealed at us um, for being slow to start, for not taking the initiative in matches. And then, from a speculative ball downfield, Diogo Dallo, what were you at? What did you actually attempt to do? With just, oh, I would prefer if he had a foul him. If he had to just foul him. If he had to just pulled him down. But instead he's so weak and Saha shrugs him off and his other defenders are miles away from him because he's caught in to track the run, which he should have done. And then Onana comes, I don't know, 10 steps off his line as if he's going to close the ball down. It goes. It was just a clusterfuck of stupidity from those two lads it really really was and it sums up Manchester United at the minute to have such a creatively brilliant start to get the goal the Rashford Hoyland goal that I've been craving to see the start of that partnership and relationship and then to be undone by that stupidity and then again Manchester United were good Manchester United had chances we we created openings, we created these opportunities to cross the ball into the box and we looked like we were going to score. And then this brilliant passing move results in Hoyland's second, which was obviously ultimately disallowed for us, and rightfully so, but it just looked brilliant. It looked like we were actually there, like something was going to happen this time. Like we were about to get our, our season underway. You know, it's not the settled 11 that you want to see, but hey, this is going to be the night. It's the night it's going to click. And... When that goal didn't go in, a th- part of me, because I'm so worn down from the season, thought, God, not again. Please don't let Galatasaray score. Please. And then Rasmus Hoivland. Exactly what I was hoping to see from Rasmus Hoivland. The burst forward, the power, the energy, the running, the confidence to just come inside the defender the same way that you can only compare it to Erling Haaland because Haaland does the same thing. He won't try and go on the outside of the defender. He will go straight down that middle because he trusts himself to have the power in his pace and the power in his strength to get into that position and have a finish. And what a cool, calm, collective finish it was. It got me out of my seat. I was cheering. I thought, yes, this it is going to be the night. This is Manchester United tonight. This is our performance of the season where we turn around and we reference this and say, yes, Ten Hag's army can get it right. It's going to kick on from here. 
And then the second goal was as bad as the first. It was just catastrophic. I mean, let's break it down. Sofian Amrabat's not a left back. But Sofian Amrabat comes out to Yilmaz. And gets completely caught. The dummy's brilliant from Yilmaz. It really is. But Amrabat has run into midfield. Trying to chase Yilmaz. Trying to crack him down. And Yilmaz has caught him out. That is where you want the second tackle to come in. That's where you want somebody to go in strong on a carry. And make sure you get the ball. If you don't get the ball. Concede the free kick. But do not let them break. Lindelof got bullied again. The same thing that happened against Bayern Munich. When he let Tell in the back of him. And he let Tell shrug him off. A carry of all people. Shrugs Lindelof off. Rolls him, gets the ball back out to Yilmaz. By this time, Yilmaz is gone. Amrabat, he's almost stopped because he's not a left back. He doesn't realise the danger. Yilmaz is way in behind us, gets the ball into the box and nobody picks up the runner and the ball is in the back of the net again. What are we playing at? It was so poor. It was a calamitous goal to concede. It was a goal of three mistakes. Three individual errors again. Individual absenteeism from Manchester United players our left back running into midfield and getting completely taken into the game which allowed their right winger away our centre back coming up to try and mark the centre forward but getting bullied and bitched off the ball and then when the ball does come through nobody tracks the runner nobody tracks their 10 into the box our defenders are clambering back one of our centre backs is out of position Ferran's trying to come across the box and cover the space and nobody decided that it might be a good idea to track the running 10 forward no what are we playing at and then to cap it all off, what is this goalkeeper? Who who is who is this boy that Inter? That's not Andre Onana. That can't be. I watched Andre Onana play a couple of times for Inter Milan last season, and I seen a really confident, good goalkeeper who was good at attacking space, charging players down, coming out, and just looked like a beast in the net. Really did big, powerful goalkeeper. This looks like I ordered Andre Onana off Timu, and this is what I have to put up with now. The fact that I didn't spend the full money on getting the proper goalkeeper. What did Inter do? What did, what did they give this lad before he came over? And how is it that he's so different in Manchester United? Do we blame the player? Do we blame the coaches? Something's wrong there. Consistently making mistakes, and not just tiny mistakes. Game cost mistakes, goal cost mistakes. He flipping got Casemiro sent off. He got Casemiro sent off. That was a suicide pass. Suicide pass. When the game was still there to be won. And, oh, Casemiro I don't blame. He has to come back and he has to track him down. Because he has no confidence that our goalkeeper one-on-one with a goal scorer is going to be able to stop the shot. So he takes the red card. We fluke it. Get off with it somehow. You know, the ball goes wide. He doesn't save it. He celebrates like it was some triumphant moment where he had atoned for his mistake. You did nothing, lad. Icardi missed. You didn't do anything. You got our holding midfielder sent off at a time where we were trying to control the game with one holding mid. You got him sent off, then celebrated your own mistake, seemingly, and then proceeded to just do the same crap that you usually do. Icardi gets in behind us. (sighs) It's hard to talk about this. It really, really is. It's just so poor at Old Trafford at the minute. Like, Icardi gets in behind and our goalkeeper decides, not for the first time this season, not for the second time this season, that the best thing to do when a player is charging you one-on-one is to sit on your arse and stick your hand up. What are you, myth? Who taught you how to play the game? 
And how did you cost? How have you fooled the world that you're a good goalkeeper? I've run out of defence for you. Like it's just game after game now. Yes, David De Gea had a few mistakes. Yes, David De Gea had a mistake in a major games. But this is consistently game on game. I'm watching Andrew and Anna fuck things up. It's just not good enough. It's not the standard that should be set in that. And if he is not going to change, and if this continues, Ten Hag needs to be brave. Back him, because you're going to. You know you are. You signed him. And then play by Inter. Give the lad a break. Give the lad a mental break. Oh, like, Amrabat, he was marking, for the third goal, Amrabat was marking on the wrong side of the centre-backs. He was a left-back who looked like he didn't know how to play left-back. His centre-backs were pushing out to create the offside trap and push Galatasaray down, compress the space, and he stayed wrong side of the goal, man-marking Yilmaz again. And that played Icardi on. Speculative header. Don't even think they meant the header to go straight through to Icardi, but if they did, brilliantly spotted, because Amrabat was playing everybody on. Icardi runs through, scores, game over. We couldn't get back into it with 10 men. So deflating. Just so deflating there were spells of it where I thought this is it this is the vision this is Tin Hag ball this is Manchester United and what it could become it wasn't perfect I'm not going to wax lyrical about the team and say that they got everything right and we should have trashed Galatasaray but it was a far cry away in periods from what we are used to seeing we played a really fluid formation Casemiro was moving into left back again to allow Amrabat to come into midfield they got that right I think this time they were covering each other much much better. Casemiro and Amrabat were dropping into the centre-back space and Lindelof and Varane were pushing out almost as full-backs to allow Dallo to go on down the pitch, you know, to give that avenue out there on that right-hand side with Bruno Fernandes tucking in. Because Bruno's going to tuck in as a 10, as an inverted winger. So Dallo can provide the space. And just those different sort of passages of play and positional awareness pieces from Manchester United was just night and day away from what I've seen this season. And it, it did look good in spells. And I think why it looked so good is because he brought Mabry back into the team, who I think adds a real different dimension to Manchester United's play because he chases the ball down brilliantly, because he's a brilliant presser of the ball, and because he's able to sort of burst past people. You know, he takes one midfielder out of the game when he runs with those wee passes. Now, he's not the finished article. He looks almost like Palestri, very naive in his decision-making, and, you know, he's very industrious without a whole lot of output at the minute. But that's... That can be labelled at some of our senior players this season. Let's let's face it. Uh, some of our senior players could have the same criticism. One being Marcus Rashford. Now what I would say about that midfield is. I think if Mabry is out of that midfield. Mount plays where Mabry is. And you have Casemiro and Amrabat. That is the settled three. We have struggled for years. To have a confident all encompassing engine room. And I truly believe. Because the energy that Amrabat has. And he got everywhere last night. Apart from the mistakes he made in defence. Which I I'm really annoyed at. You can't be too angry at him because he's not a left back. He's covering for three injuries. But he just has such energy. He has such influence on that midfield with the way he's able to go about his work. And he's brilliant fitness. He doesn't stop. So I think when those three are able to play midfield, that is definitely Manchester United's best midfield for years, probably maybe since Carrick and Fletch. I truly believe it could be that influential once it gets up and running. Um... But yeah, Marcus Rash. I touched on Marcus Rashford. If we're going to call out the naivety and the decision making of some of our younger players, what has happened to him? 
he looks like a scolded child. It's like at the start of the season, everyone was getting after him. Marcus Rashford's decision making is poor. He should pass the ball more. He should be looking for the forward. He should be crossing the ball. He should be laying it off to his teammates. He's a selfish brat. And now he's taken that on board. Obviously been spoken to about it by the coaching staff. And it's tamed him. You've taken the Marcus Rashford out of Marcus Rashford. He, he looks like he looked like a whipped dog. You know, he got through on goal. He had done everything right. And it's almost like something mentally in him went, oh, I can't shoot here. If I shoot, they'll shout at me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fail a pass to Bruno Fernandes. And his cross for Heidland's goal was brilliant. So when it comes off, you see how good it can be. But Marcus Rashford needs to have the confidence in himself and from the coaching staff that when he is in those positions, when it actually works and his running works, that he shouldn't. He's not looking up. He shouldn't. Head down and shoot if you miss you miss that's fine but don't be squaring the ball like that in that position the goalkeeper had made his mind up that you were passing anyway you would have scored just slip it to the left and when it's in but do you know what if he had a shot and he had a miss I would have sat here and said that he should have scored it to Bruno Fernandes and that is what has been labelled at Marcus Rashford and what is I think being proven correct his decision making at the top level is just not there he's not He's not the elite player that I believe that he could be because he's at an age now where he really should be able to make those decisions for himself and it just isn't coming off. Now, I hope that Marcus Rashford proves me wrong. I hope I'm sitting in five games' time and saying, right, well, Galatasaray was a one-off. Maybe it's going to take time for Rashford to settle into this new way of playing and not looking for his teammates and not being the hero week on week. But I don't know. Not shooting there was baffling to me. It looked like he'd been mentally interrupted by somebody having a word with him and telling him that he should be doing more for his teammates. I don't know. It just it didn't sit well with me. It didn't look like the Marcus Rashford that I've come to know and love playing in a Manchester United shirt. It really, really ragged me. It was one of my moments of the game where I looked at it and I just thought, what, what is this? And if this is the coaches, you've got that one wrong. I think Mason Mount too... Look, Mount is the other side of this. I don't think Mount's decision-making was poor. I think Mason Mount's decision-making was really good. It's just not coming off for him. I mean, how unlucky can you be? He got into the position brilliantly. The ball comes across from Rashford. He shoots and Mebry's in the way. And that's not Mebry's fault. Mebry was going in and Mebry was trying to attack the space as well. And that's what you want Mebry to do. You want him to be in there and you want Hannibal to have that poacher's instinct where he runs as the 10 into the box. Because I've criticised Bruno Fernandes previously for not doing that. For playing on the sort of peripheral of the box and, and not wanting to attack that space with the striker. So I think Mebry did well. Just I felt for Mason Mount. What does the lad have to do to score? I thought he was good last night. He was very energetic. His passing was good. He was very clean and tidy and there were tight wee pockets of play that he operated in where he played very very well and I think Mount can be a real asset for United and again I think it's going to take Casemiro, Amrabat and Mount in midfield for us to see the best of all three but what I would say on that is it needs to be better than it's been it needs to be better than the performances that we're seeing I'm sick of sitting here and discussing oh this player's playing in a position he's playing here and that isn't really the the way that we want to set up and I can see that Ten Hag hasn't got the options you should be doing better with the squad that you have. It's that simple. That's not a poor squad. And it's falling apart week on week. You've got the attacking side and the passing side nailed. Shore them up defensively. Teach them how to close the space and stop making these stupid nonsense mistakes. Now on that, 
four new players in with a makeshift defence is a tough problem to solve for any manager. But it should be better than it's been. There should be more results out of this. I would argue that the squad that he has now and the squad that he's playing week on week is better than the squad that he started last season with and he's getting less results. That's an issue. And it's all these individual errors. So yes, we can turn around and we can blame Victor Lindelof, who shouldn't be starting centre-back. Amrabat, who shouldn't be starting left-back. That's a fact. Andrew Nana, he signed. There's no hiding behind that one. He signed Onana. And he wanted Casemiro, who was playing in midfield at the minute and looking a bit leggy again. So it's down to him. He has to solve this. I don't. I think the excuse of not having players back and um, injuries is starting to wear thin. It's another another session where you get booed at Old Trafford. That's going to hurt him. And I tell you what, I stayed on and I watched the analysis as I promised I would after the game. I don't think Paul Schools and Rio Ferdinand got after him. I think they were very passive in their criticism, which I'm absolutely shocked at because usually Paul Scholes comes across as quite a negative person, but I thought Scholes almost was on the point of defending him. He was saying that there's signs that the football can improve and there's signs that the Manchester United could get to a level that Manchester United need to get to, but that defence is poor individual errors are costing them. But I mean, when we talk about defensive errors, Diogo Dallo is an international footballer who starts for Portugal. Victor Lindelof has captain Sweden. How are they playing so poorly? The standard they're setting is a joke. Week on week. And it's it's depressing to sit here and say this. But I almost expect, game on game, a mistake from Onana, Dallo and Lindelof in every game. Not just one person. I expect a mistake out of each of them in every game. You cannot win football games that way. Against top class opposition, you will be punished. Dallo couldn't... Dallo didn't know what to do with Saha. That goal was a joke. The second goal is arguably worse when you look at the way they were just pulled apart. So easily. And then you look at the third goal again and you're thinking, oh my God, right, fair enough, Amrabat has played him onside. But where is the communication? You look like a side that has been thrown together to play in one of the biggest environments in world football. And what have you done? Irregardless of the positives from the performance, you've embarrassed us as United fans. It's another terrible record broken. It's another club celebrating with their fans at Old Trafford because they've dispelled the English voodoo and they've finally beaten an English club in England. And who was the English club? Of course it was Manchester United. Was it going to be anybody else based on current form? I mean, individual errors are one thing, but where is your pride? Where is your sense of fight? And I tell you what... They need to bring it against Brantford because this weekend will be extremely tough against Brantford. Brantford have not been the Brantford that we've seen in the past couple of seasons, but they're organised and they're everything we hate. They won't give us time on the ball. They won't give us space. And when the occasions come to it, they're going to have every man back there compressing it and we need to find the first goal. Because if we start to go behind a Brantford, that away section will... The away fans for Manchester United are some of the best in the world. But even they will lose patience in this. So, yeah, that, was, that felt like a bit of a rant. I don't know, that was a bit of a cathartic experience to get all that off my chest. But I'm sure a lot of you feel the same. So, leave a comment. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any, if you have any other opinions on what I just said, share them with me. I'll address them. I'll bring them up on the next podcast. As we get more popular, we'll start to uh, we'll do a fan back and forward because that's what it's all about. We're a community. 
feel free to disagree with me. Feel free to go even harder on Manchester United after the week that it's been. We really, they really, really deserve it. But yes, we'll have a look at the news and goings on at Manchester United later in the week. We'll have Jacqueline back on the show to go through all of those. And then we will have a look forward to the Brentford game and we'll, I'll try and be more positive than I am now because in the heat of the moment here, yeah, oh, I don't know what needs to happen for us to turn a corner. But listen, be nice to each other, respect each other's opinions. We're all meant to be a community. We can think what we want. You can be Tin Hag out, you can be Rashford out, you can be whatever. Just try and be nice to each other. And uh, yeah. Like and subscribe. Talk to you all soon.